This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or for His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. I remember when I was a little girl, standing up in church, reciting the Apostles' Creed. We would stand as a congregation. It felt like our hearts and our voices were unified, declaring the truth that we believed as a church. I would say each word with confidence. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he arose again, he ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. But as I look back now, I so wish we had just as regularly declared some other truths, truths that I've discovered as I've lived in this world, like the fact that there is an enemy who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. We didn't really talk about that when I was growing up in church. The Bible tells us that he prowls around like a a roaring lion, waiting for someone to devour. But this rarely gets mentioned from many pulpits. And the battle we experience rages on without a name or an understanding. I'm here to tell you that the battle is real. We face an enemy we cannot see and fight a battle, not with physical weapons, but with spiritual ones. But what happens when we don't even realize we're in this battle? I can tell you, we move through our days, day in and day out, struggling, listening to lie after lie, thinking that it's our own self-talk, believing that we are anything but the sons and daughters of the God who created us for a plan and a purpose. We wake up one day to find that our joy has been stolen, our families are divided, our children are deprived of their identity, And our health is hanging in the balance. It's as though we were struck in the night, we're injured and bleeding, and our adversary has walked off with all the spoils. So what do we do when we finally recognize that we're in a battle and that we need to fight for our very lives? What kind of weapons do we use to win? Well, the Bible is very clear when we go there for the answer. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. 
Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. That was Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. I know what you're thinking. The armor of God? I mean, I've heard of that. And I had too, but the more I understood about spiritual battles and what they felt like, the more I started to understand the importance of that armor and how I needed to do more than just know about it. I actually needed to put it on every single day. So let's look at each piece of armor and understand its importance and how they all work together. So the belt of truth. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Paul says, Why is the belt of truth so important? Well, for one, it holds all of the other pieces of armor in place. We need to understand scriptural truth, as opposed to the lies of the enemy. We need to stand on the only firm foundation that that we have, and that is the truth based on the word of God. And we need to acknowledge that we are loved, that we are forgiven, that we have hope. We have to believe that. We have to believe that Jesus died for our sins and is coming again to take us home. That needs to be our truth. That needs to be the firm foundation that we stand on. The breastplate of righteousness. When we put on the breastplate of righteousness, it covers our hearts and guards it along with all of our other vital organs. It also protects us from all of Satan's accusations. The Bible says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs 4.23 The breastplate is not comprised of our righteousness, Because the Bible is clear that none of us is righteous in ourselves. Romans 3.10 It is made up of Christ's righteousness, which he gives us freely when we accept him as our Savior. Shoes of the Gospel of Peace I have definitely been able to relate to this because I have two-hour shoes, six-hour shoes, and eight-hour shoes. And I have definitely worn them all at the wrong times. And, and Paul says here, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We have to put these shoes on. We have to be able to be firmly planted in these shoes. And they have to be ready for marching, ready to be ushering in that, that peace that we give. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And he has come to destroy the works of the enemy and to give us back that peace, that shalom, that nothing missing, nothing broken, that was the original design of this world. And so we need that peace to be able to go out into our lives and 
always have Jesus's peace with us because this world is full of uh, dis-ease and distrust and lack of peace. And, and so this is a really important piece for us to put on each day. The shield of faith. Paul writes, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Faith. The apostle states in Romans 12, 3, that God gives each of us a measure of faith. Let me repeat this in case you've missed it. Faith is a gift. He gives each of us a measure of faith. We then need to grow our faith by fellowshipping with the Lord and spending time in his word until that measure that he gives us grows and develops. We then can pick up the shield and block the devil's fiery darts of doubt, his tempting lists of lies, and we can then live a victorious life, confident of who we are and whose we are. Next, the helmet of salvation. When we put on the helmet, it protects our head, perhaps the most vital part of our body. Our brain is the organ with which we think and process and dream, and we need to protect our thoughts and not allow the enemy to penetrate our minds. We need to be confident of our truth and certain that our foundation is rooted and based on the Word of God. The Sword of the Spirit the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, why all the other armor of God is defensive in nature, the sword of the spirit is the weapon used for offense. Hebrews 4.12 describes God's word as alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It was Jesus himself who showed us how to pick up this sword and fight against the enemy. While he was tempted for 40 days and nights in the desert, he fought the enemy by using these very words and by using this sword. It is written. God's truth is powerful and will not only protect us from our enemy, the devil, but will keep us, but will help us fight when he tempts us. Paul closes by saying, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Ephesians 6.18 You see, it's not enough to just put on the full armor of God every day. We need to cover it all with prayer. And this can be prayers that we say over ourselves or when we join our brothers and sisters in Christ and go to war with them. Now, we've looked at each piece of the armor and have a better understanding of why each one is necessary and how it allows us to be ready for this combat that we are in. We understand the importance of prayer and how we need it in our arsenal. But what about the Bible? We establish, um, you know, as we look at our foundation, that the Bible is like our GPS. We need to go to the Bible as if we're looking at our GPS when we're ready to take a drive or, or go on a vacation. We plug in those coordinates and we allow that garment to take us there. It's the same with the Bible. 
anything that we need to find out while we live in this world, we need to go to the Bible to see what God's word says. And and the important thing is, are you in God's word every day? And are you building and internalizing your foundation of truth? I know that uh, the Bible can be challenging to read. We typically start out really strong in Genesis. We make our way through Exodus. We get into Leviticus and find ourselves lost in Numbers. But what we have to remember is that the writers of each book were writing to the people of their time. They were using imagery and language that those people would understand. And that's why it's so important to not just read God's word, but to study it and meditate on it. We actually need to dig in. We need to Google passages or uh, look up Bible commentaries and, and explore what each verse is saying to us. For example, when, when we look at Ephesians 6.12, some translations refer to struggle, the word struggle. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But if you look at the King James Version, the word used is wrestle. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This one word changes everything. Paul was writing to the readers of his time. And to set, set the stage for this imagery, um, I've been reading a book from Perry Stone called There's a Crack in Your Armor. And he writes out a beautiful explanation of, of what this imagery looks like and tells us that there were many different games in which men competed during the Greek Olympics or during the time of various festivals. However, wrestling is different because of these three things. He writes, you must always face your opponent and never turn your back. As if you turn, you will be slammed to the ground and penned in a dangerous position. Number two, you must always watch and make eye contact with your opponent. Otherwise, a sudden move will be made that will catch you off guard, giving the advantage to your opponent. Number three, the third aspect is that wrestling is the only sport in which you will never lose physical contact with your opponent. Thus, wrestling is a face-to-face, eye-to-eye, hand-to-hand, and body-to-body contact sport. In the believer's case, it is not a sport, but a matter of life and death. Perry Stone points out to the reader why Paul, from his context, may have used the equivalent of the English word wrestle. The people of that time would have witnessed the sport, watching two men face off, always keeping their eyes on each other, engaged in this hand-to-hand combat. When we see that we are in a life-and-death wrestling match with the enemy, it puts things into a different perspective. It makes us understand that we are battling for our very lives. We need to be ready for combat. We need to put on that full armor of God, keeping our eyes on the enemy carrying our sword, which is the word of God, and know which verses to cite when we cry out, it is written. We need to remember that the Bible is our truth. But just because it can be challenging at times to understand, it is necessary and certainly not impossible to do so, as the devil would like us all to believe. 
Satan knows that you will find everything you need in God's word to live this life. And he also knows that he will easily be defeated if we understand his strategies and fight our battle using God's word. This is why the enemy tries to distract us. And this is his biggest goal. His greatest desire is to distract us, to push us out of fellowship with God. And he will lie to us, isolate us, and break us until we feel alone, lost, and ready to believe every lie he is whispering to us. When we are isolated and alone, flailing around like a ragdoll through the storms of this life, without our joy, we may continue down this path until we are so sad, so lost, so confused. Well, maybe... Ending it all seems like a really good option. I know because I've been there. And that's exactly where he wants us. Isolated and alone. Wanting to end our life. Wanting us to believe that the world would be, would be better off without us. And uh, we don't really need to even be here anymore. Here's some things for you to think about. Are you seeing these kind of distractions in your own life? Are you seeing a dull in, in your desire for prayer? Are you feeling uh, manipulated and, and that you're focusing on the wrong things in your life? Do you feel like you have a lot of insecurities and, and a lot of doubt in what God says about you? What does your family look like? Is your family looking divided? Is, is there chaos? Is there restlessness? Are, are you fighting with your spouse or your children? Are you being constantly reminded of your mistakes? Are you always looking at all the bad choices you know, that you've made over your life and God's judgment rather than his forgiveness? Do you feel a lot of fear and worry and anxiety and do those voices in your head scream louder than the, the quiet voice that you're hearing from God? Do you feel tempted against certain sins and, and feeling like you could do whatever you want and um, take risks and, and that's your choice? Do you feel overloaded in your life and in your schedule? Uh, do, you, do you feel like you're never able to say no? And are you feeling discouraged and anger, angry and, and bitter and feeling like you can't go on and that your life doesn't really add up to much and, and you wish that you had a really big do-over that you could do? And, and what about your relationships? Are you feeling connected with friends, family, or, or are you feeling disconnected? And, um, and not part of any body of believers. I want you to take a minute and evaluate these, these 10 things that I've pointed out. If you're feeling this in your life, you are being distracted by the enemy. He is trying to take your eyes off of the path that the Lord has for you and detour you down a different path that is filled with all of these um, negative opposite of what the, the Lord has in pl planned for you in your life. And, and if you recognize it, that's the very first part 
that you need to do to recognize that this is a battle, that you are being distracted, that he is taking you off the course. And once you do that, once you recognize that you're in the battle, well then, now you know how to respond. Now you know that you have to put on that full armor of God. Now you know that you have to be in God's word. Now you know that you have to fight. The thing about the enemy is that he is not original. He is definitely cunning and consistent and, and he can have, you know, all of his minions do his dirty work. But we need to understand that this is not just a battle that we are in ourselves. We need to put on this full armor of God to fight for our families, our loved ones, our neighbors, our children, you know, and even those we don't yet know. When I think about the things that I have gone through and, and the many lies that I have heard and uh, all the times that I've heard these voices saying, you're not worthy, you're not forgiven, you don't matter, you're not loved. And I think about my children hearing these same voices and, and what that does to them. It makes me understand the statistics, right, that's happening right now in the world with our young people and suicide rates and unhappiness. And um, it makes me realize how real this is and that if we don't recognize what's happening, he's winning. We have to be able to put on this full armor and not only fight for ourselves, but fight for those that we love and, and protect them because for, for example, our children are so vulnerable and they don't have the full understanding yet, which is why it is our responsibility, right, as parents and guardians and aunts and uncles and grandparents to inform them, to let them know what's actually happening and to help them fight. I know this can seem like uh, an overwhelming uh, subject, and maybe up until just now, you felt like this wasn't part of your world. But I would encourage you to lean in and, and read God's word and, and find out more about this battle. And ask the Lord to reveal it to you. And uh, make have him make your eyes be wide open to this spiritual battle that we are facing every day. And to help you fight. And my prayer is that uh, this will help you on your journey and that you will be able to not only put on that full armor of God, but that you'll be able to understand maybe the lies and distractions that you have been experiencing and believing and that you will be able to replace those lies with God's truth. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.